This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. I want to say no because you want to be in the right mindset. Yeah. Um, but but every time a teammate goes down, you it sucks. Um, and, you know, Gabe is a guy that has been through a, a, a lot. Um, and I know exactly how that feels. So um, it's tough for him right now. Uh, I don't know what exactly is happening. Um, but obviously, I, I hope the best. And, and it obviously sucks for us because he's, I think he's proven what he can do for us. That was Nick Ehlers after the game. You heard that on the post-game show right here on 680 CJOB. The Winnipeg Jets falling to the Los Angeles Kings 5-1. Ehlers speaking about Gabe Velarde, who went down 50, uh, 5 minutes and 55 seconds into that game, going hard um, uh, into the boards in the corner on a trip. Uh, obviously something to do with his leg. He was able to get off the ice uh, under his uh, uh, by himself, but then he needed help uh, down the tunnel. Uh, Kelly Moore, six eighty CGOBs. Kelly Moore down there at the ice uh, at the ice hockey for all center. Uh, not uh, not at practice today, which started at noon. Uh, Kelly also said should also mention there is an addition. There is not an additional forward in the mix. Not sure what that says about the extent of the Villard, uh, Villardi injury, but your cast of usual suspects. Uh, will report any update offered post practice. Of course, we'll we'll hear from uh, Kelly Moore, hoping uh, for an update from uh, head coach Rick Bonus uh, as to what the extent of that injury is uh, to Gabe Velarde. Uh, but sort of Jim, I felt like it was the moment. Jim Toth, I felt like it was the moment that things. I, I felt like the first period was pretty good, but it was sort of a moment where the Jets, the game started to slip away from them at, at the very least. They came out, they were at 95%, and then it started to trail down. Yeah, and and you know what? Last night's game kind of was indicative to me of, of what this team needs to do this year to make the postseason. And great first period, and then the second period got away from them. Kings became the Kings and went to town, yep. and they couldn't stop it, right? They couldn't counter punch. Um, I heard a lot of talk in the postgame show, and rightfully so. Like Josh Morrissey hits that crossbar if that goes in. They haven't played ahead a lot this year, um, and they've only had three games. But to me, last night's game is kind of like indicative of what this year is going to be. they got to be in every game, and they've got to play good 200-foot hockey, and they've got to be consistent with it. The minute they don't get consistent with their play or their play goes awry, they got to get it back sooner because this is what's going to happen. I We've said this all training camp. This is no longer a team that's going to try or can outscore its problems. Yep. This is a team that's going to have to not let things get out of hand, stay in the fight for a full three periods, do what you can do. There's some offensive talent here, but you can't give up as much. And so I, I thought last night when I was watching this, I knew after the second period, I don't think they're going to win this game. I said how they play the third is going to be interesting. But back to that point, Cam, you know, I'm with you. And Nick Ehlers said it there, but I heard Nick Ehlers on the postgame show here in 680 CJOB, and I just went, oh, yeah. He's had some major injuries. 
Like yes. I kind of forgot about Velarde, right? I, I saw his first couple of games. I, I'm connected to this. They were upper body injuries issue with his back, and yeah. this is a lower body. So it's not like that's that this why is it's a disappointing. Nagging. I know they're not connected. So what Nick brought home for me in that post game show was the fact that those guys just spent a training camp talking about this. Those guys mm. talked about how difficult it is in their quote unquote Nick's older but young careers of how when you're trying to establish yourself, how just frustrating it can be. And we talked about how you know, the frustration of the, the training camp for Nick. But that really hit home that, you know, you can have a player go down and you can have a player who just got back and go down. And, like, it was kind of like last year when Nick Ehlers went down in game three. Mm-hmm. It really was. It was like this was supposed to be the year finally. And I think Gabe Velarde kind of felt that. So he, you know he, made, he made a really nice pass to Connor early on. Like it was He's a been really pass, good. Yeah. And now the ominous part about this is, he, as he was grabbing his knee and we wait for what the prognosis is, is, oh, no. So Ville Hainola, Gabe Velarde. But Gabe Velarde, I know it's tough to say for a guy who's only been here for three games in a training camp, mm-hmm. this is a big loss if they lose him. Yeah, absolutely. Totally, definitely uh, a, a big loss. But the game itself, I'm like, you know, Listen, they've they've they slipped right into the second period exactly what Los Angeles wanted to do. And yes. the one three one that was talked about so much and how they clog up the neutral zone, they slow things down. That's exactly what it was. The Jets were forcing too many things. They kept trying to put the puck into the slot and fire it on net. They kept trying to do the which of course is what you try to do to score goals, but it wasn't there. They needed to try to get away things. from their game. Yeah, they got away from their game um and they fed right into exactly what the LA Kings wanted to do and they just could not find consistency. Uh Velarde goes down, the blender comes out, the lines start to switch up and they just couldn't find that chemistry. They got away from their game, which yep. is so that's my point of this sort of opening rant is it's so integral that this team's success is based on you're going to get away from your game you can't for a long period of time and you've got to if you're going to win games you have to be what you saw the first two games and they won one and lost one Mm -hmm. you have to have those kind of games where win or lose you stick to the system you don't go awry and and I thought last night they went awry and it just kept getting worse they couldn't get their game back and and for them to make the postseason they have to get it back sooner. They can't play like they did in the third period either. Yeah. They and unraveled in the third period. My other thought of last night is that's why you got to get a point out of Calgary. I, yeah. And I don't, I don't want to harp on it and yeah. bring up the icing by Nate Schmidt again and stuff. But when you're that close and played mm. that well, this isn't a team that okay, well, we'll bounce back and have two bad games, but outscore our problems and get points out of them. This is a team that when you have points available to you, you have to ensure you get them. Can we talk about Nate Schmidt for a second? Couple bad sure, plays, yeah. bad turnovers, both more goals uh, yesterday. Both goals from Trevor Moore. Uh, Brandon Dillon, his partner, was minus three yesterday. But Nate Schmidt's uh, he's had a tough start to the year. Well, and missed training camp as well, right? Yeah, there was parts of the game uh, against Florida that I liked. I thought he played yeah. well and did some nice things. But yeah, when um, you know, like I said, he's he's that the reason that icing in Calgary bothered me because it was Nate Schmidt. Yeah. Um, I just, for a veteran and, and the game that I've followed for Nate from Washington to Vegas to Vancouver, he 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 clearly knows better than that. So it makes me wonder, like, mm-hmm. was it the lack of camp? Was it too tired because you missed camp? Are yeah. you still hurting that you didn't want to skate that out? But that's what was surprising to me about that was that it was a veteran like him. And then, yeah, he had a rough night again last night. Uh, Porfetti getting boarded. The extra penalty that Dylan Samberg got took him out for 17 minutes. Oh. He only played north of 10 minutes yesterday because he was out for 17 minutes of that one, 10 minute misconduct, two minutes for instigating, five minute major for fighting. Um, 
So this is why I, I like, hate talking about this because they lost. Yeah. If they had won, I would go to town on the officiating today. Yeah. Even though it's only game three for the Jets. I hate doing it because they lost because it wasn't the reason yeah. they lost. But that officiating last night. We, you know what? We saw something similar in the in the preseason with, with Logan Stanley uh, sticking up for a, a teammate on a, on a dirty play, and he ended up getting the extra. The, the sort of he was the guy who got the misconduct. He got the instigator. He got the fight. Um, I, I understand that the refs are trying to say, let us take care of it. Let us manage it. Well, then you got to make the right call. And manage when, it. And when somebody's getting boarded like Perfetti did, you got to call that penalty. And Remember you have to understand year? what happened on ice. If you got to go back in the video and see it and watch what happened, then watch. And I'm not a, I'm not a guy that I, I can't stand video review. But if you're going to ask the refs to say, no, 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 you can't instigate this fight. Dylan Saber can't go stick up for an obvious boarding call, textbook boarding call. Well, then you, you you can't give the Jets, you can't put them on the power play because you outright missed a call. What are they supposed to do? What is Sandberg supposed to do in a situation and, like that? And a couple of years ago when the PA had a chance to vote on removing fighting and they vote 97% to keep it in, that's why. Yeah. They don't exactly. trust the officials to make the right call. Yep. Totally. And I, I'll go one step further. Even if they made the right call, this that hit would be remembered in the next game months from, or weeks from now. Yeah. But, Cam... <laughs> We've gone over this over and over again. It's happened to Morrissey a couple of times. Last year was Kyle Connor in his own end. I don't get it. I take the teams out of it. It's in the numbers from behind into the boards. If you're eight, do you want that to be non-called? If you're eight-year-old playing minor hockey. If you're a 16-year-old, do you want that not to be called? It's five and a game. And the fact that you didn't call a penalty on it so it couldn't be reviewed to be five in a game is atrocious. Sorry to you. Yeah, it's okay. But it's atrocious. Yep. It's a check from behind into the boards. Is his neck broken? Is that why it wasn't called? Because the next time it could be, I I don't get it. It's the dirtiest hit in hockey. And I know people are going to text, no, the knee on knee is, no, no, no. There's nothing Cole Perfetti can do in that situation to prevent himself from breaking his neck. Yeah. So you tell me why that's not called. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Getting lots of text messages from you guys, 204-780-6868. Let's take a break. Let's come back. Of course, getting lots of text message about the attendance uh, and announced 11,226 yesterday. We'll get to that as the show goes on. We're not avoiding that conversation. Uh, we'll have more on that as the week goes on. And of course, we, this was a conversation we said we wanted to talk about uh, following the season, uh, the, the the home opener uh, last Saturday. And as we look towards uh, Vegas, the Stanley Cup champions in town tomorrow. So this is going to be an ongoing conversation over the course of the week. Uh, but this is not something we're going to be uh, actively avoiding. We will talk about it coming up after 1250 as well. Kale McCarr chasing somebody down. In fact, he didn't just chase, chase him down. He jumped over him. We'll talk about who that was when we come back. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. 204 780 uh, some changes uh, involving the rushes, line rushes from Jets practice, which is going on right now. Connor Shifley-Kupari 
Ehlers, Perfetti, Nemesnikov, Ayafalo, Lowry, Niedermeyer, and then Baron, Gustafson, and then Chisholm just filling in as that spot as they've not brought up uh, or claim they brought not brought up anyone from the from the Moose there. So uh, Chisholm filling in uh, as that uh, on the fourth line. Of course, that's not where he's going to stay. And then Ch- uh, Stanley rotating in uh, on defense. You surprised it's Kupari, uh, Jim? Uh, no, not particularly. I mean, Nemesikov might, he's going up there as well. So they kind of shifted it all up, but Kapari's going from the fourth to there. I, I love his offensive creativity. I, I did last night and against Florida, his defensive game is. There's, there's spots. So, there's, so there's, there's I mean, spots. more, more's. Uh, went around a couple times last wow. night, or got to the open space. Game-winning goal say. in Calgary yeah. gets he game-winning completely goal, yeah. loses a fight on the board. So, so those are two goals that you know that's his defensive responsibility. But offensively, I love his game. I think he's very creative. I think he'll fit in well with these two, and you know that's who you're replacing, right? Is a, a hardworking, um, bigger forward that hopefully provides some scoring touch. So I'm not surprised at that. Not Chisholm filling in as a forward is interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just he's just holding the spot. I remember there. when Mike Keen had to play defense for the Moose. It's like, well, I don't know. Put me in goal if I get to keep playing. <laughs> uh, 204-780-6868. Just got to go real quick. Uh, Kel McCarr, we'll get you guys' text messages on afterwards. We'll also talk attendance as the show goes on as we uh, await a, an update from uh, the Jets, from head coach Rick Bonus on Gabe Velarde. Kel McCarr, fastest defenseman at 250 points. He did it in 241 games. Uh, Bobby Orr took 247 games for him to get to 250. So McCarr topping out Bobby Orr. That's phenomenal. That's impressive. I mean, we all know how good he is and how great he is and how great he's going to be. But when you put it in that, like when you pull out Bobby Orr and say he's better than this of what Bobby Orr did, that's, that's impressive. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Is it 15 right now? No, it's 13 at 680 CJOB. Back to Jets at noon. It's 13. Okay. Got my hands up. Take it easy on the 13, man. Sure it's not 14? That's 13. It's 12.9. It's actually closer to 12 so it's than 14. Not, so it's not 13. It's 12.9. Well, if I told the you... If what you do you were, mean it's closer to you're in 12 your car than 13? Dri- 12 than 14. If you round he said it's up, at 14. If you round up, it's 13. Like if, if you're driving in your car right now and you heard Skylar Peters say it's 12.9, would that make you like shed a layer compared to me saying it's 13? No. No, that's why I round no, up. No, but in fairness, if you said it was 11 or if you said it was 14, I'm not shedding a layer either. I just... Well, for some people, maybe their hey, you know their threshold's hey, 12 hey. before they throw on the long sleeve. This isn't us. What happened to us? What happened? What happened? Hey, I I'll easy. tell you what. Take I had Jets easy. and Jets and regulation <laughs> last night. Oh, here, yeah. Uh-oh. Should have known. I, you did, actually. You waited on the show, I asked yeah. you. And Ross Levitan uh, was doing the evening shift last night, and he's like, you got to take Pierre-Luc Dubois to score, right? Two to one. And I'm like, no. See, and I he buried. Yeah. And I had a feeling Ross he was, some, feeling Ross he was Ross is somewhere going, don't tell people I did that. <laughs> Ross is hot right now. You should be yeah. asking him for picks. Ross, I heard that. Ross Listen. is walking in right now, and somebody will hear it roll down the window and go, out of go, Levitan. <laughs> he just, he just points that money gun at him and pulls the trigger. <laughs> yeah. They'll start flying okay. out. Now, now, and then when he's cold, ice cold, in about a month and a half, no one's going to hear anything about it. <laughs> so we'll wait for that. I'll All wait right. for that, okay? Yeah, regression is inevitable. Yes, Speaking of regression, 204 780 604-780-6868, 704-780-6868. Um, Connor Hallebuck, 4.38 oh, I, goals against average. 
eight four three. And I don't think he's regressing. I'm just using that as a segue. yeah. I, I thought we were talking about something else. So no, <laughs> I hope I'm not. Well, he's not a, off to a great start. No, no, he's not. No, he's not. Uh, the the there was some positionally a little bit of chaos. Uh, he didn't have that great of a game yesterday. Um, I, you, you, you know, the team's got to help him out a little bit in front, not just hand over the front of the net to the, the Vegas Golden Knights. And that's how they got the majority of their goals. Um, and well, I, I, not- I put that more on the defense, but that, you know, I, I, I think Hellebuck's got to be a, a little bit better too. 4.38 goals against average, uh, 8.43 save percentage over the first uh, three games. Um, sorry, bad segue there. Saying regression. No, no. But I'll say, I, I'll say this. I look. He's not off to a great start. No. There's a lot of these goals I don't blame him for, but there are ones that I do. The the more one from the boards, I think he should have had. And people can say, well, goalie. But I'm not talking about a goalie. Connor Hellebuck usually has those. Yes, I agree. Um, the Rasmus Anderson one in Calgary on the shorthanded. I, you know, thought he should have had. It. I thought he yep. played. I think he thought he had the angle. I thought he did too, but it went in. Yep. Um, those are just ones that Connor Hellebuck normally keeps out. Calgary, it makes a difference. Last night, it doesn't make a difference. No. They, they, but, yeah, he's got to be better, and and um, it's three games in. Play Brasswa tomorrow against his former team? Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. I put him in against the Vegas Golden Knights, and it has nothing to do with Connor Hellebuck and anything like that. It has everything to do with the same reason why Bonus started Velarde, Kupari. Yep. And I follow. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you were going to say it. No, I was waiting for you. Sometimes we look at each other and just get lost. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of regression, okay. How do you, let's talk attendance. Okay, this well, is what we wanted to talk about. Okay, um, so it was eleven thousand two hundred twenty-six announced attendance yesterday. Ian texted show. Why does it seem like this is a non-issue? Are you guys going to mention anything about this? So we were going to mention it, but it's it, it's one game. First of all, I've said this for years now. The idea that this team was going to sell out the average sports season ticket holder is four to six years for any sport in North America. Sports Illustrated did an article on this a couple of years ago, and whether it was baseball and even NFL, which only has eight home games, the average season ticket holder opts out around five or six years just because it's a lot of money. And after five years, I like to do something else. The fact that they kept selling out for 10 years is the surprise to me, not that they've stopped. But what the story has become now is how much. So they have the campaign in the summer and they need 3,000 more tickets, uh, season ticket holders. And I wasn't surprised. And, and here we are. The surprising part is it didn't seem like they, they got that many. But we mm. are on this. And Cam and I talked on Monday when yes. a lot of you were texting us and, and about the home opener because we discussed on air. I thought it looked like there was more people in the building yeah. Then 13,000, whatever. Yeah, 13,410. To me, it looked like it was much closer to a sellout than that number. So we said on Monday, we're, we'll contact the Jets, um, and but we'll wait till Tuesday and Thursday's game and see what the numbers are over the homestand, the opening homestand. Maybe Saturday the afternoon, mm-hmm. maybe Tuesday, whatever. Stanley Cup champions are here Thursday. That should sell some tickets. So the Jets are, are going to join us on Friday, and uh, we're going to talk about this, somebody from the organization, about the tickets and how it all works. But what mm-hmm. I was told today is, is they want to you know get those numbers out there and ask answer the questions that we're asking, is the number of tickets last night, the attendance, 11,000, is the number of tickets distributed. So what that means is those are tickets that are out there to come to the game. That includes comp tickets. That includes... Um, you know, family tickets, girlfriend tickets, wives tickets. That includes people that come from Saskatchewan to see their son play for the LA Kings or whatever. I don't, um, you know, those are the comp. Um, they also said that they have the lowest number of comp tickets 
in the league, but those big sections in the lower level, like the one twenties and the, those ones that were prominently had, you know, 30, 40, 60 seats empty. That's normally the comp area and they don't have, they are the lowest comp now in the league. So, um, and then they say we're well aware of this, and this number does not surprise them. And the fact that this could be a normal number throughout the year, and they're going to come discuss it with us on Friday. But in the meantime, they're working on this. But this was not a shocking number attendance-wise to them. They've kind of expected this on, on where it goes and how the summer went for season tickets and everything else. I'm, I'm curious to, to hear uh, from the Jets on Friday um, as to uh, – the situation, how they tally these these tickets, how they how they come up with that number, um, you know, we've got that 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 information that uh, has been provided to us from the organization so far, uh, but we'll get more in depth into you that on I'm Friday. Interested? So I'm 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 interested to see how these how this how these things come together and how how this number comes out and then is announced. Well, what I'm interested in is now I don't think it's one thing. I don't. I I think there's a little bit of apathy out there. I think there's a little bit of um, been there, done that. I think, as I stated, the fact that it lasted this long or two years ago long is surprising to me. Uh, I also think inflation is a major contributor. Mm -hmm. I've talked to a season ticket holder who gave a lot to his employees, and he did not renew this year because his employees said, I I can't go. This was last year. Yeah. I think what I want to know is how many people have bought tickets and are not showing up Mm -hmm. because I think that's inflation. I think that's people going, I I got my tickets. I can't afford to go to every game. So I'll sell some of them. And the resale isn't going well because of inflation. And then I think they're not showing up because even though I have these tickets, I can't afford an extra 120 bucks Mm -hmm. for parking, beer, food, and all this. Yeah. But this, Cam, I want to emphasize this. We're going to cover this story because it's a legitimate story and a concern. But this is what I've always wondered about when the Jets came back in May of 2011. And if somebody wants to pull out some tape or whatever, I said this. This, to me, is all about, and everyone across North America was talking about this story at the time. And I said, this, to me, is about 10, 13, 15 years from now. On a Tuesday night in February, if you're going to go to see Arizona play. Because that's how teams survive. It's like a bar night. Everybody makes money on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Mm -hmm. Can you survive Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday? And that's what I equate this to. And and so it is a topic, and we want to hear from our listeners. Why are you going? Are you not going? Did you not renew? Why didn't you renew? But I will say this also. This isn't unique to Winnipeg. Attendance is down across the league. There were three games last night that percentage-wise had less attendance than the Winnipeg Jets did. So I think it's unique in the fact that Winnipeg's a smaller market. I think it's unique because of the economy here. I think it's unique that if 40 millionaire season ticket holders don't renew in Toronto, there's 30 more millionaires waiting. This isn't that market. Yeah. But I, I also think that the inflation part of it, but it's not unique. I'm looking at a map right now for the Vancouver Canucks. Ryan Henderson's put this out. Lots of talk about the 11K in Winnipeg last night. This is the current seat map for the Canucks' next home game next Friday against the Blues, and it's not great. Pink is release. Blue is available. It is a mirror vision of the Winnipeg Jets arena. Yeah, Calgary didn't sell out their home opener against the Jets last week. I'm not trying to sugarcoat or ignore the Winnipeg issue. Mm. What I'm saying is I don't think it's a Winnipeg issue. Yeah, I think it's a Winnipeg economy issue, inflation issue, which is national as well. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I think the demographic of Winnipeg and the lack of 3 million people living here is the uniqueness of the market and affects it. But I do think this is a league-wide issue. I, I think there's a number of factors, number of factors. I think it's people are concerned about the safety downtown. I think inflation That's is, I one. think inflation is the biggest, I think it's the biggest one. Um, but it's a I think, serious, I mean, we've, we've heard people talk about the vaccines because they, the, you know, the jets were, you know, they were forcing people that you could only go there if you, if you were vaccinated. That's something that's, that's come up every time we talk about this. There's at least a couple text messages we get in. I don't understand. Like to me, it's like, well, the team had to do that to continue to operate uh, or they would have had well, no even fans. Even if you in disagreed with yeah. it, you're never going to go to an NHL game again because well, of it. Yeah. I mean, but that's keeping some people, I mean, it's just, I'm saying it's just one of the reasons why people are saying that they're not going, but it, so I'm just going to the point where it's a number of factors. It's not one exact issue, but I would put uh, inflation as, as the number one thing. Now I went back Jim, and I, and I went, we talked about this last year because of other expenses. I went on to Reddit. I went into the, the forums. I, I do, I do this usually every day and I look at um, uh, the conversation surrounding the 11,000 seats, right? All the things are too expensive. It's too much for a beer. The tickets are too much. This and this and this and this. And I, I wanted to go back and pull up some stuff that we talked about last year. And this was from time to play.com. This was from April 20, uh, April 28th last uh, of this year, 2023. And this was, this was added up at, at, at that time and near the end of the season. The Jets were 24th of 32 in terms of the most inexpensive ticket in the league, just above the bottom quarter. So at the, at the, at the, at the, you know, mid, mid pack of the bottom third of the league behind only in Canada, Calgary and Ottawa for the average ticket, beer, hot dog, parking, all added up to $139 and 11 cents. The least expensive ticket in the national hockey league was Arizona for $115 and 83 cents. So that's only $23 less while the most expensive ticket was the Rangers, which was $247 and 99 cents Canadian, which is $108 and 88 cents more than uh, a ticket here in, uh, here in Winnipeg. Now, based on the price around the league, the team is not gouging its fans. This is the cost not of having all. an NHL team here. This is some of the most inexpensive NHL hockey that you can watch. This is the price of being in the National Hockey League. And look, I hear you out there, everybody who's going to scream at me for this. I went to Nickelback concert. I couldn't go anywhere for three months after because I bought a couple of beer and they were $14 and it's I yeah. can't afford it. My point is, that's the cost of being in the National Hockey League. An $8.5 million goalie and an $8.5 million center is the same in Arizona, Florida, California, Toronto, Calgary. Mm -hmm. There is a cost to being in the National Hockey League. They're always a cap team. They're always going to be a cap team because they can't afford a rebuild. I said this at the trade deadline. If they trade these guys... Are you going to go two years from now and watch three years of rebuilding hockey? Are you going to pay these prices to go watch a team rebuild? I don't think this market will. But if you keep putting quality players on the ice in and around the fight for playoffs and try to win a championship, that's the best the organization can do. But I think they have to do it. 
They have to do it because I don't think this is a market that will go watch. I mean, this is what I think the apathy part comes in. This is a team for five and six years that has underachieved. Morrissey was on our show. They said they've underachieved the last yeah. five years. Lowry was on our show. He said, we've got to go in a different direction because we've been underachieving. That doesn't help sell tickets. But you can't have a, there's a price to being in the National Hockey League. Do I like $14 beers? No. Can I afford it any more than anybody listening to this? No, I cannot. But there's a price to being in the National Hockey League. Yes. And the idea that you can make a $14 beer eight to get more people to come doesn't function because you have to pay the the expense of being in the National Hockey League. The the tickets at Safeway and the McDonald's packs, they're gone. Those those days are they're gone. There's a preconceived notion out there that they're gouging people. I don't think they're gouging people. No, they're I not. I think they're paying to be to have a competitive team and stay at the cap. That's exactly what I think is going on. That's what I think it, yep. it is. I, I think that if they could make $300 million and be in the red and keep paying hockey players by giving you an $8 beer, they would. I went to a Moose game last year, and I was blown away that a Coke for my stepson was 6 bucks. Yeah. But I'm like, this AHL team has a cost yeah. to it. So if if you're looking at the expenses and, 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 and under some sort of impression that True North is um, gouging and that's why oh people are tired of pay, listen this is just the cost of being in the National Hockey League that th- this is just what it is but I, and I it's do one think of the, it's a one fair of the, thing like I was going to go to Kansas City to watch the Bears play this year and and had a buddy there and got yeah. me tickets and pulled the pin because we just. Money's tight. Well, we can't afford it. Like it's tight for it's tight for me. It's tight for everybody. So I, I, and, I get the idea that I can't afford tickets this year or, or that. Yes, but I also understand that these are the ticket prices. Yeah, they're nineteenth cheapest ticket in the league to get in. There's three teams behind them that are a dollar less. Yeah, you get into the building for fifty four dollars. That's nineteenth out of thirty two teams, and there's three teams that are within two to three dollars of that. Yeah, so they're roughly about twenty third. Least expensive ticket to get in. Yeah. And I'm not trying to go like Florida's $12. You can get into the building for $12. But Florida loses money. This text or text show 204-780-6868. Does this mean that the team will leave after four or seven years? I don't this believe team so. is not going I don't anywhere. believe so. And it has nothing the to Winnipeg do- Jets are not moving. That is not a storyline. It is not reality. Get that out of your head. The Winnipeg Jets are going nowhere. They are not leaving. I know that this is, it's always in the back of every single Winnipeg Jets fan because of what happened back in 1996. It's, it's, it's not the case now. Things are much, much different. So I just, I'm, I, again, I'm, I'm, we, I love you fans. You listen, we, you don't always agree with me. That's fine. I love the discussion and debate, but when you buy a ticket, you buy NHL hockey. That's what you're paying for. And when you get a toque or you get a scarf or a poster with it and the fan experience, and I want to hear from season ticket holders why you're dismayed, why you're not. Uh, I mean, but I also think this is a hockey market, right? Yeah. And I think that they want to see a good product on the ice. Look at the Bombers. I don't think they're going to go uh, through a rebuild. You know, you you could go to a Bomber game and you could spend 200 bucks, no problem, right? And the Bombers are getting dang close to another sellout against the Elks coming up on Saturday. Dang close. There's only a few tickets left. Um, and so, 
I mean, I think that also plays uh, plays a part. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side, get your thoughts on this issue. And we will hear a breakdown from True North on Friday. Yes, so. yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll get uh, down to the numbers. Be right back. Chats at noon on 680-CJOB. You know what? There's there's a lot of issues why perhaps it, attendance is down. You know, I I think you put affordability right at the top. Inflation. I mean, we get a, this tech this uh, this uh, tweet to us. Farmers and ag. They're working. They're not going to go to the games because they're in the middle of harvest. There's well, a million I, this reasons. Is, yeah. This is what I think. Yeah. Everybody has an individual reason, yes. but I think the the majority of the general reason. It's just my opinion. Uh, about a, a guy tweeted me. Season tickets fan event dwindled. Uh, oh, sorry. I'm. Uh, want to get to his original point here. Here it is. Had six tickets for six seasons starting in 2015. They were about 5,100 for the pair in the upper corner. Those tickets this season went up to 7,100, 39% increase. Final two seasons we had, first of all, it went up because the price went up. That's the price of the NHL right now. Um, but final two seasons we had, we went to maybe 10 games, had a child and couldn't sell them on Jets resale. Would love to keep going. But really, it's costly night, especially with childcare, inflation, and a mortgage renewal coming up on the horizon. Mm-hmm. I get that. Like, yeah. I totally get that. The first thing to go. What is the first thing to go? It's, yep, exactly. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Fortier, for producing the show. Jim told to take you all the way until 3 o'clock. That's it for me. I'll be back. Same night more. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.